drama, comedy, two sides of the same coin. Riverdale wasn't just a teen dramedy, it was a study in teenage angst, yearning, and nostalgia. They didn't know it when they started on their journey, but Macintosh and Maude were on their way to a newfound obsession. Macintosh and Maude's chocolate shop was open for business. Riverdale, Season 1, Episode 5, Chapter 5, Heart of Darkness. As Jason's funeral nears, Betty digs deeper into his past, while Veronica comforts Cheryl. A new music opportunity complicates Archie's school plans. All right, we ready to recap this recap? All right, one minute. Here we go. Jughead's narrating. We see the blossoms again. Grundy left town, thank God. The lodges arrive. Uh, Hermione needs a job. Fred's seeing... Uh, I don't know what that is. Move on. Uh, Southside Serpents are working with the lodges, and somebody stole the murder board! I didn't do as good that time. I got caught up on one. You got caught up in adding your commentary about Grundy. I wrote some weird notes there. It happens. Spellcheck doesn't really work well in my note-taking app, so as every now and then I get some weird words. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So we started off, and Jughead's talking about that one spooky house on the hill that all the kids are afraid to go to. This one happens to be Thornhill. Which is the Blossom Family Mansion. Which is a gothic mansion straight out of... I mean... It looks like it's in a horror film. Kudos to them, though, for paying some attention to detail of when they meant gothic mansion, they were not kidding. It looks oh, straight out of, like, Tess of the Durbervilles or something. It's... it's they, they went for it. it it's, it's like an 1800s romantic gothic vision yeah they played that up a lot and cheryl is walking down the grand staircase in a vampire red dress yeah. with the makeup and the, 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 the weird poofy victorian hair anyway and then she opens the coffin empty and behind her is well there's there's nail scratches and then jason's behind her and he's a zombie right, that's what i put well he looks like a zombie yeah and it's it's a nightmare of course and she wakes up she's sleeping in her brother's bed and her mom is standing at the door and okay they're, they're both dressed alike in this yes um and cheryl's wearing heels who the fuck wears heels there's some weird over sexualization <laughs> Oh, for sure. But they're... Overtones. Okay, but... So, her and her mom are dressed alike. Of course, Cheryl looks, is dressed a little bit more provocatively. But what I do like is Cheryl's not wearing her lipstick or her her fake eyelashes. And her hair doesn't look as saturated in the way they've lit her. Mm. So, she looks sweeter. Like... Which looks more like a kid. Yeah. Which is nice because her mom's a heinous bitch. <laughs> There's no, there's no two ways about it. Her mom is horrible. Her mother is is an interesting piece of work. She's working on Jason's eulogy, and that's why she was in his room. And her mother says, "Well, you're not giving a eulogy." Yeah. That. Yeah. Okay, fine. Um, cut to probably the most important scene in this Beefcake episode. Moment. Archie's boxing shirtless. What you do. But he's <laughs> in your, in your every, every time we see him in his bedroom, he's shirtless for some reason. This and this is, time he's boxing. This could not be more sexual frustration in his <laughs> Might as well just be full on masturbating in his room. <laughs> because that is totally <laughs> what is happening. And Fred walks in and he's like, he hey. knows. He knows. Well, but his dad's looking at him like, hey, Rocky. Yeah. Never thought I'd say I miss you playing guitar. <laughs> so it's it's apparently the middle of the night. Yeah. And Archie, you know, he he's talking with his dad. Archie says, this is for football. You know, football gives me a scholarship. A scholarship leads me to college. College lets me um, study music. And captains get scholarships. So and, he's doing all this to become a captain of football. And Fred's looking at him like, uh, dude... That's not my point. It's more of like, oh, it's an overcorrection. Well, and and Fred's like, but I, some of this has to be just parent frustration of like, we already went this other way. What are you doing? Yeah. Why are you going? 
Fine. So to be fair, he's pushing into football as a means to get to his other goal. Yeah. So it's fair. It's not it's not stupid, but he's clearly channeling all of that sexual frustration into I'm gonna become the football captain. And it's not just sexual sexual frustration. I mean, I think there's a part of this too. It's okay, maybe in the show, but in real life, Archie would also be channeling um you know, mental issues and the craziness of what just went down with his teacher. Yeah, this is a coping Yeah. I don't know. I just felt like that we could throw that out there. Um, In any case, now we're at the blue and gold, and uh, Kevin Keller has recreated the murder board. Yeah, for Buddy and Jughead. Um, There were no fingerprints. They don't know who took it. But everything was stolen. Everything was stolen. Um, All of the police records, all the video and audio of police interviews... And then Trev Brown walks in. He's come to see Betty. <laughs> and uh, Betty and Trevor. They're going to go on a date. Everybody's like, a date? And Kev goes, does Mama Cooper know about this? <laughs> and Betty's like, I'm not under house arrest. She's at a women in journalism concert. Uh, conference out of town. Um, and Trev's like, hey, what are you guys working on? And they all stare and they're like, ah. Jughead just goes, our murder board. Yeah. And Betty just kind of eye rolls and was like, yeah, so. <laughs> so did you catch that face that face Jack had made when he heard about the date? He, he made a little look of like, oh. Yeah. Yeah, it's, okay, so in the comic books, Jughead's pretty asexual. Right. Like, he's, he's. He has a love affair with hamburgers. I respect that. Um. But he's 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 not the guy who's talking about his girl. No. Or going after a girl. He's no. just Yeah. I'm pretty sure he's had a date to a dance or whatever. Um, but this is not his thing. That's fine. He but probably does later on in the comics. I don't think so. I think he's kept him pretty He's just Jughead Jones. Single. That's cool. Whatever. Not not everybody's a a, a hor- you know, a horny teenager. But but here, I, I, clearly they've 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 they're not going to do that. Well, they're working working in close quarters. You develop a a bond, and who knows who knows who Jughead fell in love with at what okay, point. Okay, so so what I think of it is that so Jughead's brain it was like, well, Betty and Archie are going to get together. Well, okay, now they have this falling out, but Betty of course still loves Archie, so that's just like she's in that little box. And now she's going on a date with Trev, and it's like, nothing, like, wait, my organizational system in my brain is no longer functioning. In any case, Betty Betty swears that this is not a date, it's that a, this is an information. It's an intelligence-gathering mission. Yeah. So, so, nobody believes her. Yeah, I was like, whatever. And then a football. Archie's a football practice, but he's struggling. So, um, Archie gets slammed. Uh, like totally picked up, tackled, stunt level tackled by on the football field, and coach calls him out for it. Says, "What? What? Where were you? You're not on my football field. What's going on?" Archie doesn't have an answer, and he coach just looks at Reg. Is like, "You want to be captain?" And Reggie's like, "Yeah, sure." So he's like, "You two got to work to earn it. It's a horse race for this week." For this week, one of you needs to prove to me who's going to be captain. So it's Andrews versus Mantle. <laughs> this is this is less than remember the Titans level. Yeah, it's pretty bad. High high school football scenes. So it's not great. And some things also modern football. So I swear, and and I it, Archie's not the quarterback. Mm-hmm. He seems to be a receiver or running back, mm-hmm. but still. I'm pretty certain that they, you know, if you're ever watching new football games, they've got the arm, the the things on their wrists where it'll show the plays on it. And I know the quarterbacks usually have that. But the other thing is, high school football teams, all those guys have the stuff in their ear. Like, he wouldn't have to memorize that play. Yes. The quarterbacks have the headsets in their ear in high school now. And... That's fucking retarded. Football makes so much damn money, man. It's it's insane how the level at what they play. <laughs> but in any case, I mean, Can I say that as born and bred Texan, football's fucking stupid. Yeah, I, I don't agree with you on that. You're but wrong. But I, I also a hockey game every day. But 
but I, I've I've said fuck football, but for much different reasons. There's All right, so the, they're gonna, they're gonna fight it out. Whatever. I just like getting to say football in a super deep growly voice. Um. So uh, Fred walks in to the diner. Yep. At Pops. And uh, Hermione's got his order ready. And he's like, yeah, now could you get me a giant cup of coffee? Because Archie's up at all hours of the night and I have gotten no sleep. <laughs> Which I can imagine. If your child was punching a punching bag upstairs while well, you could hear it, we that would be real annoying. We've lived this. Yeah, I know. But imagine that at like 2 a.m. <laughs> we have a two-year-old who lived through this. <laughs> um, and... Uh, Fred just flat out asks her, hey, you want to go on another date? Let's try this again. And she's like, oh, Fred, you know, I'm still married and so are you. And Fred's like, so when we went to the drive-in. That wasn't a date. And he was, she, she Hermione's like, I, uh, he's like, nope, I get it. Walks out. <laughs> I call bullshit. Okay. Total bullshit. Okay. Maybe, may, okay, legally he is probably still married. We don't really know for sure. It said they were separated and it was amicable. So my understanding of that is that the paperwork is is probably in the works. Right. Because clearly she's living elsewhere. Yeah. Um, and with Hermione. Hey, hey you got it. Uh, I I can understand that it's probably assumed by a lot of people that she's leaving her husband but for money reasons she's definitely not going to be um but she's totally abusing fred which we'll see more later she's abusing fred she knows he's interested in her she's leading him on okay that's not abusing that's emotional abuse using maybe but not abuse i think it's abuse no to knowingly take advantage of somebody who you know has feelings for you is abusing them. I don't know that she's knowingly taking advantage of him. She's not that fucking stupid. She's not. We haven't let that whole story play out yet, though. She's still fucking stupid. I mean, she's behaving stupidly, but she's not that stupid. You gotta be pretty smart to play stupid. Okay, well, I... I, I, I that, has, that story has to play out more before I feel like we can make a real judgment on that. She's a horrible person. I don't think she is. She's a horrible person. Okay. We'll see if that snap judgment holds up. Okay. We're at the football field. They're walking on the bleachers. And uh, Veronica observes that, uh, Betty, you're positively radiating Nicholas Sparks. I like, I like that one. <laughs> and um, then she asks Arch Archie, how's life in a PG world post-Grundy? What? Too soon? And she's and she's talking to Betty. It was like I heard about your date with Trev. She's like, and they're like, oh no, it's not a date at all. It's intelligence gathering. They sit down and and Veronica's like, why why can't anything be normal here? Why can't a date just be a date? Yeah. <laughs> so Archie tells him he's trying to be the team captain, and Betty's like, ugh, you're back to being boring. No, Veronica says, oh, Veronica well, says you're back to being boring. But Betty does the whole, are you sure you're not doing this just to avoid how you feel after Grundy's leaving? <laughs> Betty so wants to get in his pants. <laughs> True, but it's also like, oh, dear sweet Betty, I'm not going to talk to you about this. He's a, remember, remember her conversation with Kevin Keller in the first episode? Uh-huh. He's a white millennial. He's a straight white millennial. millennial. He can't say things like that to no. you. No. Uh, Valerie shows up, Valerie Brown, mm -hmm. and she suggests a, a musical mentor and gives him his uh, the number because apparently his time there's a, fills up. There's a mentor at Carson College who will work with people. She is so into him. Mm-hmm. She's 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 into she's into the ginger. Uh huh. <laughs> and then Cheryl walks up and says, "Hello, sad breakfast club," which I think is funny on so many levels. One that it's a group of five kids that are all. Uh, different from each other. Two, that they're supposedly the sad breakfast club when the breakfast club is already pretty sad. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Cheryl's inviting all of them, like, with formal invitations to the funeral for her brother, which is lame. But, well, I guess we'll get there, but her mom's making the... Her mom's making her invite all of them. Uh, she makes a snide comment at Veronica being a thief or her family being thieves. Barf. 
And uh, so then V goes after Cheryl and is like, hey, can we just make peace? I don't want to fight because that just leads to mutual annihilation. Can and we... Cheryl's like, okay, fine. I agree. Yeah, she's like, can we be friends or at least frenemies? And uh, Cheryl says to come over to a sleepover at my house before the memorial. I don't want to spend the night before I bury my brother alone. And Veronica's like, okay, fine. If it means we get over this, fine. And then Archie gets a montage. Yeah, he gets some build up, you know. He's playing music and he's playing football. And he's, he's trying to decide what he's gonna do. He decides to call uh, the mentor. His name is Mr. Castillo. And then we get Riverdale. <laughs> Whatever. Yeah. Dumb little montage. So we're at Carson College, and Archie's talking to Mr. Castillo, or Oscar. And I gotta look up this guy, because I feel like... My my gut reaction is, because this guy literally has no emotion whatsoever in his acting, is he an actual musician? I don't know. That they brought in for the show? That we should know? Because we are not in any way connected to pop culture right now? think so but well, let me see let me see who it is we keep so um uh he you know the tutor mr castillo asks him about uh when did you start writing music and archie's like well you know it happened after this kid at my school died and he stops him right there he's like you know how many hours are you writing music i'm writing it two hours a day basically I, the tutor is just giving him all of this stuff about you're not writing enough music you've got football season yeah you can't distract yourself from this and then says do you have anything for me to listen to archie slaps down a usb drive and he's like no no no. where's your sheet music so archie archie has discovered he's in for in an entirely new world yeah castillo says there's no shortcuts unless you're a prodigy mm -hmm. um i don't teach performance i teach songwriting we focus on craft style and you need to get this done by tomorrow kind of Archie's like tomorrow yeah but that's for real mm -hmm. that's how it works in the arts like if you're really going to be good at it you got to work eight times harder than you think <laughs> yeah and then people are going to be mean to you oh yeah like, it's it's not it's not a warm fuzzy place people are going to be mean to you most of the time they're not going to be mean but they will be blunt <laughs> correct because they don't have the time to not be <laughs> yeah um so, we're at the Blossom House. They've got the memorial set up. They're talking to the sheriff. And they tell him that they've invited all of the people on his list. And the sheriff's like, his, my list is all of the suspects. Blah. People with grudges. Members of the founding families of this town. Unfortunately, they're all founding families of the town. Barf. We're setting up some, some weird backstory. Some well, and again... I go back to, so we talked about this in the first episode, but the Twin Peaks stuff. The Twin Peaks lore, one of the best things they do with it is they pepper it throughout the whole show. Yeah. They haven't done a good job of that with this show. Yeah, this this episode is a little bit of a, like, let's just drop this bomb. Like, that's one of the best things you can do for the tension is to, like, sprinkle those nuggets in so that it builds throughout the yeah, entire through, season. Yeah, like, offhanded comments, and this... Kate was just way too many. And we're like, okay. Um, but whatever. Cheryl walks in, realizes this is why they've invited all these people. And it was like, so you call me cold and calculating. Mm -hmm. Nice. Yep. Uh, I was like, you know, well, this explains a lot of things about Cheryl. It explains a whole heck of a lot. <laughs> so we're at Pops. Uh, Trev and Betty are... On their date. And... Uh, you got, you know, Betty starts fishing for information. You guys were on the water polo team. Like, you know, what was going on with Jason? And uh, Trev just points out, was like, you know, after he started dating Polly, he started getting really secretive. He wouldn't talk to anyone. Then he started selling off all of his stuff. And then the rumor was he was selling drugs. Yeah. And so Betty's like, and this was all after dating Polly. Yeah. And so... Regard, regardless of what's true, Betty's like, whatever happened between them, things started going downhill quick. Mm -hmm. And he isolated himself completely. She got pregnant. I, who knows? 
It makes no sense. So, Val and Archie are writing music in his room. Mm-hmm. And, uh... Yeah, they're working on it, and uh, she says, okay, write it down in musical notation, not in tabs. Yep. And they're totally flirting. And then Fred walks in, and he's so... He's a little <laughs> surprised. Fred is more nervous than Archie. And he's a little proud. He's like, oh, hey, Val, Valerie from Josie and the Pussycats. I'm a big fan. This is so cheesy. He's like, I'm a big fan. And then he backpedals. I was like, I, I saw you at Taste of Riverdale. He does not know what to do in this situation. Luke Perry is so good in this he show. Does, he does so good. He steals every scene. And so Archie's trying to, he's got this shitting grin on his face. Archie's just like, yeah, yeah, we're working on music, Dad. No, we gotta get back to it. And so he's like, yeah, I'm gonna leave. I'm gonna shut the door, but not all the way. <laughs> It's just so funny. And then it's like the last shot of that scene, we see him like still peeking through the door, like, what? He's walking down the stairs, but he's still looking to see what's going It's so, <laughs> it's such a dad thing to do. And then, it's adorable. And then I noticed in the background, and I don't know if this will come back to play, but there's a poster for Dog Day Afternoon in his room. <laughs> so that's one we can, we can add to the list that you need to see for sure. It's an amazing movie. Okay. It's really incredible. It's an anti-heist movie let's put it that way but i love heist movies i know well and it's based off a true story okay. but like it's a guy goes in to rob a bank and everything just goes wrong <laughs> it's very good al pacino's maybe the best thing i've ever seen him in I don't really like al pacino. he's really good in this one <laughs> i don't really like al pacino because it's not the al pacino you've ever been expecting betty's talking to hal and they're working on a car yeah. Well, he's working on a car, because I guess that's what he does. When he's not working at the paper. Um, Betty asks him, you know, every time I ask Mom about Polly, she shuts me down. Can we talk? What happened? And uh, he goes into this little story about how po- basically Polly tried to kill herself, which is not at all believable in any way, shape, or form. Well, why is it not believable? That she tried to kill herself. Well, I can believe that she tried to kill herself, but this story makes no sense. That they had a fight, He, she and, was in the bathroom. And, and he came home and he busted the door. It's, it doesn't make any sense. Because? It just doesn't. Okay, well, to Betty it makes perfect sense. I don't think a dad would bust down a bathroom door when his daughter's supposed to be showering. If she's not, if if she's been in there for however long and not answering, that doesn't make sense. Now, if her I, I mom told this story, I'd believe in a in a second that her mom would bust down that door. I mean, I could believe. Here's the thing: I could believe a dad doing it in the in this instance where you know she's been in there for thirty minutes and you don't hear a thing. Like there's I, no sound coming from that bathroom, I, and you're just like, "Hey, is everything okay?" Also, you, who knows how she was acting when she came home and saw the fight. He might have seen she was distressed, and therefore he might have been worried about her. I don't buy it. So let's move on. Okay. I'm, just, I'm throwing, throwing that out there because Betty totally just buys the story. Which, she is Betty. I don't think she does. Because in the next scene, she's talking about it with Jughead. Right. They say it doesn't make sense. We need to start asking questions. And Jughead says, we need to ask Jason. Well, yeah, the, the the thing he brings up is like, yeah, why was he running away? That's the part that doesn't make sense to them. Yeah. It's like, well, that's fine, but then why is he trying to get away from his family? And he's like, well, if he was dealing drugs, maybe he's trying to get away from drug dealers. But he's like, is that even possible? He's like, it's a theory. Not as good as yours. Well, we know who his dad is. Yeah. Um, but he was like, the Blossoms are monsters, so we've got to ask Jason. <laughs> and... <laughs> Betty gives a line, um, are you proposing a seance? <laughs> He's like, dead men tell no tales. They're bedrooms, on the other hand. <laughs> and she's like, oh, right. We're going to be at the memorial. Archie's a football practice. And he doesn't have the play written down. Again, not how football works. <laughs> they would have been told to play in the huddle by the this quarterback. Is, this is a small town. But he doesn't know the play. Bottom line. Uh, yeah, and there and that is very true. You do have to know the play. You've got to memorize that stuff. Memorize, he's got it written on his arm, but he can't read it or whatever. And Reggie lets him up. Well, he hurt. He falls and he hurts his wrist. And Reggie says, 
You need to sit it out. You're not playing with a bad arm. Well, it's after a couple of times because that's the thing is he lands the first time on his hand and you can see him wince, but he gets hit three or four more times. That's part of it because it's, because it keeps hurting his hand. I don't. I don't think that happened. Yeah, it did. <laughs> Reggie tells him to sit out, and Archie gets in his face. Um, you know, Reggie's trying to like protect him a little bit. We've actually got a good scene from Reggie. Reggie's being a good teammate. He's like, like "Whoa, whoa, whoa! Don't do this. You, Trust me." You got hurt, and Archie's like, "You're scared of me." And Reggie's like, "Fine, it's your funeral." Mm-hmm. Um, and then we cut to the He's hallway, in... and he is wrapping his wrist, and well, Veronica the... sees him coming from River Vixens. Uh huh. And they start talking, and she helps him wrap his wrist. Oh, it's a moment. This hand is your instrument. It's going to be valuable one day. (laughs) And then he talks about Val. And she's like, oh, I fully endorse this. Oh, Valerie. He's like, oh, are you jealous, Ronnie? She's like, no, I had my seven minutes in heaven with Archie and But she's totally jealous. She's totally jealous. She does not like the fact that he's (laughs) gone from teacher now to this other music chick. Well, and she likes him. Totally. And who doesn't like Archie? Yeah, I think it's more of she's she's not like being outright rejected, but she's not being chosen. Well, and they did have a kiss. No, I agree. And a pretty good one. Yeah. So interesting. She's she's a little jealous. Um, we cut back to Castillo, and um, <laughs> in the least momentous, uh. Arrival and disappearance of a character. He's just like, yeah, I don't understand your music, and I can't help you, kid. Well, he he says that his writing is sloppy and rushed, and it's juvenile, repetitive, and it's all a bunch of breakup songs. And Archie says, but you know, Grundy and and Castillo's just like, I think y'all connected in a way that we just can't, which is accurate. <laughs> um, he's like, I don't think I can help you, and Archie's just like devastated. Yep. I just I my, later. my bigger but my bigger thing is like why the hell did we introduce this character? I don't know, maybe we'll see him. If we if we see him again, then I will be like, okay, fine. But if we don't see him again after this episode, I'll be like this was the most <laughs> this this was included for filler only. Yeah. <laughs> so, whatever. Um and now we cut to the mother of all awkward awful dinners. Yeah. Pretty bad. Wow. Um, Cheryl and Veronica are seated with the Blossom family. Mm-hmm. And that's it. Yes, but the Blossom family now includes Nana Rose. Mm-hmm. Who is somebody's great, somebody's mother. Somebody. We don't yeah, know. It's, you know, mom or dad. Um, and they talk about, they're eating maple ham. And we learn a little history that Riverdale was founded on the syrup industry, and that's where Sweetwater River got its name. Can we also address that when uh, Veronica says, you know, thank you so much for inviting me, (laughs) Uh, Penelope Blossom just goes, Cheryl invited you. I have no idea why you're here. And Veronica goes, neither do I. I thought there'd be more girls. Mm -hmm. Because the sleepover is just between Cheryl and Veronica. Yes. So, Sweetwater River, the maple syrup industry. Um, and then uh, Clifford asks Veronica, how's your dad? Gross. Yeah, and it's really bad. And then Penelope says something like, there are worse things than prison. And Cheryl says under her breath, like, this dinner party. And then Mom goes psycho. Yeah, and but then, you know, Veronica... She goes emotional abuse. <laughs> yeah, but Veronica talks about, you know, her dad's doing okay. You know, sad that it happened so fast. And while she's talking about this, Penelope has this wicked smile on her face. She is so enjoying Veronica's misery. I got a feeling, based on some things that we see here, just a gut reaction, the Blossoms may have been to blame for him going to jail. It wouldn't surprise me. Not that he wasn't doing shady shit, but they were the ones who called it in. Maybe. And the fact that their business is involved with literally everyone. Yeah. If if there's some type of business going on in that town, the Blossoms are involved in it, yeah. one way or another. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, the the reaction to mom of the like this dinner. What did you say? Yeah. And it was like, oh damn. Mom is straight up psycho bitch. There's 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 no two ways about and, that. And and here's what's here's what's really interesting. Convincingly, as as an actor portrayal, 
Sometimes they can play that off hokey. She's writing that line pretty well. Okay, guy playing Clifford's awful. Yes. He's as bad as Veronica. I agree. Uh, but, uh, I don't... Mom's not... Well, you have to remember, it's it's all being played up campy, somewhat. It's still not good. I don't know. Anyways, next scene. Um, just a bad dinner. So, uh, next scene, Hermione's scraping down the grill at Pops, and the door gets knocked... She turns around, she walks over, and there's a box sitting in the middle of the floor. She opens the box, and we have a seven moment where she runs back from it screaming. And inside is a rattlesnake. Mm-hmm. Uh, then we cut to the Cooper house. Betty's and, hearing a girl's voice. And she goes down to her basement. And, she, and she's, she's like, Polly? She walks down, and Hal is watching home movies of Polly. Super creepy. Really? This is creepy. It's played for creepy. See, and I... I, They do a music change, and I don't think it's supposed to be played for creepy. I think the intent is Polly came up, and now he's going back to that... Trying to... Trying to reconcile with what happened to his daughter. Mm-hmm. So, I think it was supposed to play as... Sentimental moment. Especially yeah. with the music change. It's not. And Betty looks on both with this... This sucks, and... It would have been a sentimental moment if Betty had come over to her father and they had talked about what's going on in the video. This was not a sentimental moment. Okay. It wasn't. (laughs) We have very interesting differing reactions to these scenes. I've seen it three times now. Well, that's fair. Um... Cheryl and Veronica are having their sleepover. Why are they in silk slips? Why does Veronica have pearls on? I don't know. It's a little much. Because when they're not filming this scene, they're filming a porno. (laughs) Cheryl's bed looks like this awful monstrosity from Hemispheres. It is so ugly. Except it's all black and gray, too. Not her bed. Her bed is is white and gray. It's very light inside this room that is nothing but black. Oh, and red, yeah, red dark patterned sheet. vampire sorry, wallpaper. Sorry, what the kids silk sheets? <laughs> gross. <laughs> like, it's flannel all the way. With bunnies on them. I, well, and that's what I was saying. Like, if they're having a sleepover, shouldn't they be, like, tank tops and <laughs> flannel pajamas? Silk slips do not seem to be the most comfortable thing to have These a sleepover in. very rich bitch girls. It doesn't so, matter, though. Like, it's not like at Betty's house. When, when we've seen Betty at bedtime, she's wearing a tank top and, and pajama pants yeah. and shorts. Different different families, so that's but we, fine. But we but still don't have to virtue signal the... I know. Virtue, that was the wrong phrase. But we don't have to, like, telegraph this rich people-ness with the silk slips. But apparently we do. Ugh. Um, and so Veronica's like, it, you know, why didn't you bring your other friends over? Like, aren't, aren't they your besties? And she's like, except you were the only one who came to talk to me when I had my panic attack. Which is nice. Mm-hmm. And we're, we're seeing the vulnerable side of Cheryl here. Cheryl can, can allow herself to be vulnerable in front of Veronica. Mm-hmm. Provided Veronica doesn't use it against her. And Veronica's like, you're allowed to say goodbye to your brother. Just why do you have to do it in front of everyone? And, and she gives a nice, she gives a really good answer. She's like, you know, so much of this has been in the public, and I want everyone to know that I'm sorry and that Jason deserved a better family than he got. And uh, Veronica's like, okay, well, we'll do it. You, you do whatever you want, you know, regardless of what your parents will do. She goes, oh, they'll kill me. Uh, and that, that, that. Regardless of whatever punishment you bring. And just in a, in a half joking way, it's just like, oh, they will. They'll kill me. And that that takes Veronica aback. Because, I mean, the way Cheryl plays that is like, no, no, no. You think I'm joking. They will. (laughs) Um, So, cut back to Pops. Fred has disposed of the snake. (laughs) Walks out and is like, hey, um, I'm here for you whenever. Uh, Why didn't you call animal control or the cops? (laughs) Yeah, and she's like, I don't trust any of the people in this town. Uh, He's... Fred's asking questions. She goes, it's, it's a message to me from the serpent. Hiram owes him money. Fred asks how much. 
and she says, no, um, that's between my husband and the snakes. Um, I don't want to involve you any more um, than I already have. Okay. Fred wants to fix this, because that's, that's the kind of guy Fred is. Yeah. Again, she's taking advantage of him. Again, I don't have enough information to make that decision. She's taking advantage of him. You don't know that. What is she doing? Well, there... We'll get there. Um, Jughead's adorable. Jughead's wearing a suit that doesn't quite fit him. He's I mean, disheveled, but he looks adorable. Yep. I mean, we should say, they're at Betty's house. Mm-hmm. They're going to the funeral. Betty's getting ready. And we turn around. He's got suspenders and a suit. He's like, this is the best I could come up with on short notice. And his his suspenders, he's actually wearing them instead of letting them hang down, Marty McFly style. Yep. So cute. Yay. And he likes that she's like, aw, Juggy. <laughs> Super cute. They're at the memorial. Hermione offers condolences. Penelope offers an insult. Yeah, you came to gloat with the warmest regards from your husband. I think the blossoms are in with the serpents. Mm. I, 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 they're, they're dealing. They're dealing. They're wheeling and dealing. Here. They're dealing with somebody. Again, I think it may have more to do with the fact that the Blossoms might have put Hiram in jail. That's fair. And they were trying to get... The Blossoms clearly know that uh, the Lodges have bought the drive-in. That too. And also, it could be the thing that the Blossoms are always out for blood. Whenever they go to ruin somebody, they ruin everyone. And the fact that they didn't ruin everyone in the Lodge family means they weren't successful. That something happened that they weren't able to capitalize Anyway, uh, Veronica's helping Cheryl get ready. Cheryl's in black with a veil. And, um, you know, it's just offering her words of encouragement. Archie does a very, very sweet Archie move where he offers the Jason's jersey to Penelope. And Penelope then has a creepy moment. And she's like, you look so much like him. And she puts her hand through his hair, because, you know, they're both redheads. This is direct Twin Peaks lineage. Oh, totally. And then, you know, Archie's just trying to play it cool. And, and she's like, I'm so sorry. Thank you, Archibald. Yeah, so we get the first Archibald. <laughs> yeah. Which, I, I love the name Archie. And then Archie goes and sits down, and Kevin Keller asks the question we've all been waiting to hear. What? Did, did she run her fingers through your hair? <laughs> this is happening betty sees hal and clifford arguing uh-huh. and She's clifford's like you better take it easy buddy we want you, want you to have a dui is that what he said yeah was it on the, was it on the uh, it's on the subtitles you can see it they're they're sitting there and he looks at hal and he's like yeah you better take it easy today we want you, wouldn't want you to have a dui now would we and that walks away. Clifford? clifford says that to hal oh okay yeah Interesting. Daddy's got a drinking problem. You better you better take it easy, Hal. Interesting. Okay. So, um, Archie's there with Valerie. Yeah, he's sitting next to Val. And uh, Veronica just offers this sweet little moment of, well, at least we're alive. <laughs> it doesn't help that she's not good at playing it. I'm sorry. Like, okay. So I looked up the actress who plays... Veronica. Like, what else is she in? This is her first acting gig ever, which explains a lot. But you know what? She sucks. <laughs> they, they honestly, she's like, this is her first job. But you know what? They hired her because of her looks. It's it's. She's got she's got a very good look for this character. That ain't carrying it. It's touch and go. She has good moments. She sucks. And it shows a lot when she's next to. Archie and Betty. You know, I try to defend. I, I try. I try to give the benefit of the doubt, but we're just we 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 have opinions. She's out of her depth here. Nah. And Cheryl arrives into the room. And she, in the white dress that she was wearing when her in, on the Fourth of July with Jason. With a white veil. Yeah. Everybody's staring. And Kevin Keller goes, yes. <laughs> Yay. Because he's like, what the hell? And so while this while she's walking up in slow motion. In slow motion, Penelope turns to Veronica because she's like gonna get up and Veronica mouths to Penelope, you'll only make it worse. Mm-hmm. So, which is so weird to me. 
I thought that was a weird moment. Well, we don't know what Cheryl and Veronica talked about. And we don't know what Cheryl's eulogy was going to be. Cause I, I think, I don't think they would have talked about any family grudges. I think the only thing, Cheryl certainly doesn't know anything I mean, other than lodges are supposedly thieves. Do we first want to say what she says in her eulogy? Because uh, everybody's agape. Shout is playing underneath this, which on the one hand uh, it makes a lot of sense. It's a little on the nose, but you know, shout by tears it's for a fears. Good cover, and the lyrics of that song fit that scene perfectly. Yeah. Uh, Cheryl tells a story about her and JJ. They're twins, mm-hmm. but she always demanded that she have her own birthday party. Yeah. Until one year where Jason says, no, we have to have it together. And only came to find out that it was because nobody wanted to come to Cheryl's birthday party. Which is very sweet. But it is very sweet. And she says that Jason um, was protecting me and he's always protecting me and I didn't protect him that day. And and we're seeing flashbacks of them at the river. Yeah, and so she's, she's crying. And, and that's her eulogy. I think my thing is I don't know that that was going to be the full eulogy because she talks about him getting a better family. The night before. Right. She didn't say at the actual day. On the at the actual eulogy, she says nothing about the blossoms themselves. Yeah. No. It's just. Um, so she, I, I don't know. She was she did, planning to talk she, about other things? No, I don't think she did. She, Cheryl's Cheryl's allowed herself to be vulnerable, but only to a point. And if there's some bigger family secret that Cheryl knew about, she wouldn't have shared it with Veronica at this point. That's true. And if they did, it's really stupid for them not to show that. Also, the fact that her mother is willing to, you know, go to great lengths to have her not talk about things, period. And given the things we find out here later, it's... Yeah. That that would would be poor... uh, That's just poor story planning. So she's crying. Veronica goes up and and hugs her. And um, Penelope gets up and says, well, now we will adjourn to the winter salon for a night for a light supper (laughs) supper the use of the word supper (laughs) i don't know and fred runs into hermione and uh he got off work late he's got a he's got a little plaid in his shirt that was interesting he's always wearing plaid i like that i think every scene so far he's had some plaid on him but he's got a black shirt with purple plaid on it it's kind of nice and um he offers hermione the bookkeeping job it's still open no snakes and she accepts, and they hug each other, and he kind of breathes in her hair. And she's like, oh, crap. But she knows what she's doing. Okay. She knows he's offering it to try and take care of her. She knows that. She's not that stupid. We'll get there. He's an, he's an idiot for doing it, because he's, he's going to get taken advantage of. I think, I think I have a reason why she's doing it. That makes it more complicated. Why? We'll get there. Betty and Jughead go snooping around the bedroom, mm-hmm. and, and they walk into Jay- they're in Jason's bedroom. She mentions the icy chill of the dead. Or is that Jughead who says that? Yeah, she's like, she's like "Why did it drop? Why did the temperature drop like a horror movie?" And Jughead's like, "It's the icy chill of the dead." Mm-hmm. That's all. And then Betty offers the line, "Where does a teenage boy hide things?" And Jughead just starts naming places. Pretty cute. They start looking around. And and then Nana Rose is in the room. What? And she says to Betty, Oh, it's you. I recognize you. I recognize you. Come here. Let me take get a look at you. And Jughead whispers in her ear, The horror. The horror. Another dual level joke. Episode's name is Heart of Darkness, Hearts of Darkness, or Heart of Darkness, the novel on which Apocalypse Now is based on. That line comes from Apocalypse Now. Hey, I just Kevin Bacon that reference. Good job. So, Nana Rose thinks that Betty is Polly. And this is very shocking to both of them, and Betty's like, okay, I'll play. Yeah, she's like, oh, so you knew my sister. This is a perfect moment to figure some things out. Mm-hmm. And she looks at her hand, she goes, you're not wearing it. Of course you wouldn't. And and Betty's like, what? She goes, the ring, the fam, the ring we ga- they gave you. It's been in the Blossom family for generations. generations. Of course you wouldn't wear it. If Penelope found out, she'd come and rip it off your finger. Don't tell Penelope I gave it to you. She'd snip it off your finger. Your wedding was the last thing I was living for. 
So Jason and Polly were engaged, mm-hmm. which is also what leads me to believe that she was pregnant. That's I I was waiting on that, but I was like, yeah, no, you're that totally makes sense. That what other reason would two teenagers decide to get married? They're Especially des- in secret. If we're if we're going with the gothic romance story, then it's just that they're in love. Which if they play it that way, fine, it's fine, whatever. But if it's modern day, it's more likely that she's yeah. pregnant. Either way, they were engaged and they were in love with one another. Mm-hmm. That's that's the vibe we get by how intense things got between right. them. And um, Betty can't deal with this. She needs to go. Yes. And then we have this like little cartoon moment where Jughead's just like staring at Nana Rose, going like, I, uh, "Okay, bye." <laughs> okay. So one thing about Nana Rose, she's kind of got a glass. One of her eyes is kind of glassy, and she's got white hair, but she got this one red streak in the front, mm-hmm. which I think is funny because clear. Okay, all the blossoms are redheads, but it's so poorly done. <laughs> it's the 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 color of red should have been much more faded. Yeah, it looked like clotted blood red. Yeah, it no, it looks like one of those Halloween red, you know, like magenta metallic wigs that they snipped a couple pieces of hair and wove into the woman's hair. Have we noticed Archie's hair is like weird carrot orange? The first episode, his hair color was horrible. Yeah. It didn't... Now, in this... And as the episode's gone, because red is the hardest hair color. So it was, so it was just pilot issues. They they got it done with good. that, saw it, and were like, oh, we um, gotta change that. Now it looks more natural. Maybe I've just gotten more used to it, but now it looks like a more natural red for that for that actor. Um, the, only, the only other person whose hair color looks like a good red of Cheryl's. Everyone yeah. else's looks fake as fuck. <laughs> in a bad way. And so now we get the uh, the confrontation between Cheryl and Penelope. Oh, yes. Uh, uh, Penelope basically violently throws Cheryl into her room. Um, she's, uh, they're just fighting about what's happening. Cheryl says, oh, this is what Jason would have wanted. And Penelope basically says, you don't get to talk about what Jason would have wanted anymore. Um, after Cheryl, it's what you wanted. It's what you wanted. Uh, after, after today, there'll be no more River Vixens, and if it weren't for the fact that no one would have you, you'd be off at a boarding school. Uh, so one I wrote, um, no Cheryl, it's about what you wanted, and I was like, which often is true in this show, yes. uh, but this is just fucking cruel. <laughs> Yeah. And um, emotional abuse runs strong in the Blossom family. Yeah, and Veronica has witnessed all of this through the door. Mm-hmm. And Cheryl's just in yeah, tears. Cheryl's devastated. But probably relieved because it might have been a lot worse. Probably. If it weren't the day of her brother's funeral. Yeah. Woo! Um, and that pops. And Archie and Val are talking. And... Valerie's asking him what's up, and she she says, you know, Grundy said you were good. Castillo says you're bad. What do you think? What do you think? And he kind of hands the She goes, I don't have time to wallow with you. And she's like, Who's telling you can't do your music? Is it your coach? Is it your dad? Or is it just you? Mm-hmm. So she's giving him a little pep talk. Like he she, tries to use the excuse of her being in a band, and she's like, It's not easy being in a band. This is hard. It's so hard. Just telling him to suck it up. Mm-hmm. Betty confronts Hal. Yes. And uh, Betty drops the bomb. She's just like, Jason and Polly were engaged. Did you know this? And Hal can't say it. And Betty's like, of course you knew. Of course. And so then Hal tells us this lovely story of a <laughs> generations-long family feud. Apparently, the Coopers and the Blossoms great-grandfathers were in the maple trade together and one day great-grandfather blossom killed great-grandfather cooper because he didn't want to share anymore (laughs) if this is the ultimate setup god it's dumb well even betty says like a generation's old blood feud yeah like she's like this is stupid and hal says i'd die before i let them steal my daughter Here's here's what I think is that he's feeding her this backstory, which is likely true. Yes. But what he's n- probably not informing her is that 
from that moment, mm -hmm. this escalated so much worse. Yeah, I feel like if they don't do that, we've there's no point in moving on with this conflict. There's nothing there. But I feel like if they're going to escalate that conflict, what they were, will probably say is he murdered him, and then it just got worse. Yeah. Because the other, because what he what he then says is Polly is sick. Jason made her sick, and she isn't coming home until she isn't sick anymore. Fair warning. Stay out of it. Yeah, there's way more going on here. And I think I think what Hal's trying to do, because her mom is obviously, they're both protective. Mm -hmm. They're both overly protective. And I, I would bet you anything that the reason they're protective is because this this issue between these families has gone on for so long and has gotten so bloody that they're like, we don't want our kid in it. Yeah. I, I haven't really thought too much more about what has actually happened since that. But I almost feel like maybe the Coopers have since done something pretty bad to the actual Blossoms. Likely. Uh, likely. Um, we'll talk a little bit more at the end of this. Um, we get to a scene uh, with Veronica and her mom and Veronica says, you know, I just spent the last 24 hours in the Blossom Gothic horror show. <laughs> Um, and I realize I'm so lucky. I have parents who care about me. And Hermione's like, well, I need to have a talk with you about what happened at Pops the other night. Yeah. And so this is this is where I bring up this more complex relationship with Hermione. To me, Hermione talks about the one thing I will do at any cost is protect you. Mm -hmm. I think going to Fred, yes, she might be manipulating him. And yes, you may be right. She's totally doing wrong by him. But she's doing it. Not because of Hiram, not because of money. She's doing it for her daughter. I don't think so. I think she's trying to get away from her husband, in fact. That's probably part she, of it, because too. Because she totally skimmed the money off of the off the serpent's paycheck. Mm. Because she had a suitcase full of money. And then why are they short? Why are they short? It's just an envelope full. Like It's not like she switched you know, hundreds into thousand dollar bills. Well, but dad's dangerous. I know that. So I understand why she would stash some money. I think it ultimately comes down to a, a family protection. And I don't know that that's necessarily... I, I, won't make a, I won't make a value judgment on that. I think that's where they're going with it, though. Yeah, they're trying to make her out to be the mobster wife who's trying to get her family out. Like, that's what they're trying to do. I don't, I don't really buy it right now. And they will, they will set Fred up for a fall. They have, like, seven more episodes to change my mind. Well, they'll, and however many seasons they get after this. <laughs> um, Coach has a sit down with Archie and Reg And just says you know I'm prepared I didn't know who I was going to give it to Reggie your time will come But Archie when you handed that jersey over And retired Jason's number for us Here's your new number okay. You're the captain yeah. And Archie won't take it He says uh, uh, I, I can't take it It should go to somebody like Reggie And Reggie's like yeah um, and the coach is like, what, you're, you're quitting on me? And he says, no, um, I love being a bulldog, but the, the, the piece of myself I would give you by being captain, I got to save for something else. He's got he's to protect his music. Yeah. A mature moment from Archie. It is. And it's also, it, it's very mature, but I also think it's a really great point that I think people, people don't... Um, they don't qualify their time in some ways. Right. Uh, it's just, oh, well, if I'm involved in these four things, I have to be the best at all of these four things. Exactly. And when you do that, something that you do really like starts to suffer. They also, if, you, if you're going to be the best at all four was, things, all four things will be crap. Well, they'll start to suffer. Um, the thing that's most important to you is the thing that you're, you're going to start giving your attention to. Exactly. Or it'll be the first thing to go because it's not as important. Um, I was really good at this when it came to school uh, because... I could have cared less what my grade was in English, math, or whatever. But when it came to my art and theater classes, I was getting A's. Even my French class. I love that class. I was getting an A in French. So, like, the, academically, that wasn't the best plan. But I was only... I was going to put all my time in the things that I cared about. Yeah. I, I really experienced that at work more than anything. That's fair. I was figuring out prioritizing in that way. Yeah. Um, but the other thing about it is... 
I do like that they're that they show this thing of like he's he doesn't want to quit football. He's like if I I I really really hope you won't cut me. But it's an understanding of, like, if I quit on this, I totally am making myself vulnerable for you to get rid of me. Yeah. Because you may see this as quitting. I'm I'm not, and I want to keep playing for you, but I can't be captain. I can't devote myself in the way I need to to do it. Mm -hmm. Um, It was was good. It was a good moment. And uh, then he goes back to playing guitar, and then we get, oh, I was so excited. We get an awesome Nick Cave song. (laughs) It's good. Nick Cave in the Bad Seeds doing Muddy Water. And this is like old school 80s Nick Cave. It's really good. Um, Archie's in the music room playing and Valerie comes in and she's making sexy eyes at him. And he's giving her that smirk. He's like, yeah, I know you're into me. <laughs> like, that's totally happening. Archie knows. He's not stupid. Yeah, he's really not. Yeah. Um, and then we see Thornhill Cemetery. Jughead's talking about the house on the haunted hill. and They're at the, they're at the cemetery. Land flowers at Jason's grave. And Cheryl sees an image of Jason, and it's you kind of get the sense that she's gotten some closure. Yes. Which is great. That's good for her. Yep. Um, Again, I think in the scene, they kind of toned down her lipstick and her eye makeup and made her look a little more childlike, which which was a good choice. And then Jughead brings up the line, and that's why I think we talk about it as, you know, the, the, the soil buries things in the Blossom's graveyard, and it always works its way out to the town. Yeah. Um... And then we cut to the blue and gold, and Betty's just like, I, don't, I feel like I don't even know who my parents are anymore, Juggy. Yeah, and, and Juggy says, you know... He connects the dots. Your parents would do anything to protect Polly. How far would your dad go? And... Polly says... And Betty, Betty says... Betty, yeah. um, you know, whoever stole the, the files from Sheriff Keller wasn't at the drive-in, and she goes, Jughead, my dad wasn't at the... And intercut with this, we see Hal looking at the police files. He has the police He's files. He's got the police files there. And Jughead writes something on a card. He hands it to Betty, and Betty pins it on the board, and it says the Coopers. The Coopers are now on the board. And, Jug- and last line, Jughead looks at Betty and goes, we need to talk to Polly. Yeah. Riverdale. Yeah, so... <laughs> so... My first episode prediction of Hal being the killer <laughs> is being heavily pointed to I by know. episode 5 which instantly makes me go Hal didn't do it. Yeah, no. I think he's okay, okay, he, I think I'm, he stole the files to make to, to try and get more dirt on the blossoms. Sure. And or make sure that nothing untoward that him or his wife have done towards the blossoms has been uncovered by the sheriff. Yeah. It was it was a cover your tracks moment, not a I'm the killer moment. There could, well, and here's the flip side of that. Mm-hmm. It could also be he's trying to figure out what happened to his daughter, because that that maybe he's trying to get more information about what went. Down and because we don't because we don't know what angle that goes on, and that could be the other side of it. If if they're playing to you know, so he still isn't sure what happened with Polly. He doesn't know what happened with Jason mm-hmm. and he needs to know, have that to understand and go help his daughter. That's fair. And the only way he can do that is by looking at those files. But, you know, we temper that with they run that paper. Mom yeah. mom wants that dirt to be able to publish. So there's there's all that side on it. Yeah, it's just they, they leaned so far into it. If, if we didn't get the, the image of him stealing it, I might still think, okay, maybe Dad did it, and maybe they're just kind of dropping. They're giving us a little more fuel to the fire. Um, but now I'm f- firmly in that, no, he didn't do it. It's such a MacGuffin moment that... Yeah, it's a misdirection. Absolutely. Sure. Which, okay, I'm not sure. I think I wouldn't be surprised if a parent was involved. I'm not sure which one. A parent, because they're all fucking crazy. Um, Except for Fred. Fred, Fred did not do it. <laughs> Nor did Hermione. They were in oh, New York in anyway. New York. Um, but I wouldn't pass one of the Blossoms doing I, it. Yeah, I wouldn't put a Blossom past it, and I wouldn't put Betty's mom either. So I wouldn't I wouldn't be surprised if a parent was involved. And it could be more than one person, too, but I'm not sure. Yeah. We're not, I'm not there yet. <laughs> so many different things. Yeah. This one, I, I like this one. I mean, it was very heavy-handed, but I liked how much inform. It was good at like, okay, let's get to the next part of the plot because we we've been waiting since episode one to be like, 
when are we going to see Polly? Yes. So we should get Polly. If not the next episode, by episode seven, we should probably yeah. be at Polly. We're getting closer, and they know. I mean, Jug, Jughead and Betty know. They've got to find Polly if they're going to get any answers on this. She's going to be the key to cracking this case. Pretty much. Yeah, but we don't know what can be done. We don't know what's up with Polly. It remains a mystery. Again, we're not looking at spoilers. Nope. We're, we know nothing. We know nothing. Yeah. We haven't even watched the trailer for season two. Nope. We're, we're, uh, but at the end of this season, we're going to do a season two preview podcast. Mm-hmm. And our plan is to give some predictions about what we think might be happening, what we hope to see in season two. And then I think what would be cool is if we make all those predictions and then we watch the trailer for season two and then we record our reaction to that. Yeah. I think that'd be fun. So we'll, we'll get it out there. And uh, we, we got our first little bit of feedback. We did. Which is very nice from um, a person named uh, Roche. Uh, they they gave us a nice little confidence boost on our podcast, this one and our My Little Pony podcast. So, hey, Roche. Awesome. Uh, glad, you, glad you like what we're doing. You are officially the first emailer. And so you're going to be the one to remember forever. Con- congratulations. Yes. <laughs> uh, so we, uh, we, en- we enjoyed reading your email. We uh, hope to get more from some other listeners, but thank y'all, and uh, we hope to hear from you soon. Yep. That's it for this episode. Please take a moment to review and rate us on iTunes, and for questions and comments, drop us an email at macintoshandmod at gmail.com.